Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, The Joyful Frugalista, and now here's your host, Serena Bird. This podcast is brought to you by The Joyful Fashionista, an online marketplace for buying and selling secondhand and sustainable clothing. Make cash selling as you declutter or buy sustainable and fabulous fashion. Yuma Frugalistas, and welcome. Today, I have a very special guest. Well, I'm part of the guest duo. My husband, Neil, and I are going to have a little bit of a chat about our recent trip to the US where we attended FinCon and specifically how we saved money. I wouldn't say it was an entirely frugal trip, but there were a lot of things that we did to save money. And I thought it could be of use or interest especially to people who might be thinking about going to Disney World or heading to the US or just traveling more generally. But first, I have a favor to ask of you, which is please, please, please like, share my podcast. I have a particular goal of getting to 100,000 downloads by Christmas and I'm close. I'm currently at about 92,000 as of the time that I'm recording this. So please, please, please help me share it, like it, listen to it. That would be wonderful. So today's guest is someone that I know very well. Hi, Neil. Hi, beautiful. (laughs) He edits my podcast. He makes me sound good. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. And he came with me to FinCon. Probably should explain first what FinCon is. So FinCon is this big conference they have in the US every year, except in 2020 when we were originally going to go because they didn't hold it because of COVID. And they held it again in 2021, but we couldn't go because we couldn't fly out of the country because we were all in lockdown. So we went this year. Now, it is a big conference and it's for money nerds. So it's people like me who create content around money. Bloggers, podcasters, freelance writers, TikTok stars, the works. So I think there are about 1,400 people, weren't there? There Yeah, I think somewhere around there. A lot of people. It's a lot of people. It was kind of odd because it was a bit dispersed, so sometimes you had to be really strategic about finding people. And this was our first year, so I was just sort of, my strategic goal was just to actually get there and to observe really more than anything. And there was interesting things happening at once, so you couldn't be in two places at the same time. You kind of had to choose sometimes, which was a bit unfair in some respects. Some of the, You missed some stuff. <laughs> you do miss some stuff, and that's the way it is. We first booked for the FinCon tickets. Well, I booked them a couple of weeks after I quit my job in 2019. So about three years ago now, I booked the tickets and it was sort of like one of these goals, quit work, go to FinCon, work out how I can monetize this thing, make lots of money and the rest is kind of history. Well, some of that sort of happened. I did quit work. (laughs) I am podcasting. I published two books. But certainly with COVID and everything else, it hasn't been as kind of straightforward as I thought, but it still had been a goal. And back in 2020, when we were first going to go, it was going to be in Long Beach, California. And the second one was Austin, Texas. That's right. And then this year, it was in Orlando, Florida. In the lead up to hurricane season. Yeah, it was hot when we were there. But horridly hot. Horridly hot. And we'll talk a bit more about how horridly <laughs> hot it was during uh, this podcast. But I didn't realise, because I didn't really know that much about Florida, I'd never been there, but I actually didn't realise until probably a couple of months before we went that it was like the major theme park area. I didn't realise that the resort where the conference was taking place was just around the corner from Disney World. And And Universal was up the road and it was all 
It's all around theme parks. It seems to be the whole economy around there. Yeah, exactly. So if you're planning to go to Disney World or you want to go to Harry Potter World, which is part of, is it Universal? Uh, No, I'm not sure. There were so many different worlds and stuff. (laughs) We actually didn't go. But anyway, that's another story. That's another story. We'll, We'll get to that, I think. But, you know, if you're planning to have a family vacation or even just something you've always dreamed to do, like some of what we're talking about here might be relevant to that. But first, because I had an amazing travel agent who did all the bookings for me, and his name's Neil. Yeah. (laughs) So we started with the flights. As soon as we found the location, because I only tell you about a year out, we um, got on online to Qantas. I'm a a gold member. I've travelled with them with work for many years and, and got that status. He, he always jokes that I married him for his status, but yeah, it is actually really handy actually with long flights, having access to, to a lounge. And we had a certain credit card that we were collecting points on. It's a reasonably low fee credit card and it's a platinum one, so it has travel insurance built in and, and all these sort of things. So our strategy is to spend what we can on that and uh, pay it off every month when the bill's due. Pay it off completely so we don't attract interest or other fees. And on the travel insurance too, I forget who's the underwriter, was it Allianz? I can't remember off the top of my head, but the key thing here is actually have a look at the policy. I know Barefoot gives an example of he knew someone who was pregnant and travelled and had a premature baby and none of that was covered by travel insurance and she ended up having to pay a million dollars because of the care her baby received. And that's fairly common. A lot of travel insurance policies will only cover the holder. They won't cover newborn babies. So just read really carefully because Neil's got a heart condition. So we're just always very aware of like what's covered with that and what's not covered with that. Yeah, well, basically nothing's covered for me with the heart condition. As long as you know that. <laughs> as long as you know that. But just actually read, like particularly if you do have health conditions and if you are pregnant or planning to be pregnant, particularly those stage where yeah, it could you can, be. You can download the product disclosure statement and read through it and find out what you're covered for and what you're not covered for. You need to read it. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we booked flights, end up costing us 110,000 Qantas frequent flyer points each plus $1,000 in taxes because we did the classic reward. That gave us flexibility to cancel at any time and that as well. So it was quite powerful in that respect, especially with COVID and things. We didn't know what the future held, but we could cancel, get their points back and get our tax back. Which is a big thing because we were caught out actually the first time back in, back in 2019, we'd booked through a travel agent. And we got the money back, but it was kind of, it was a bit of a hassle. And we uh, got there was charged. a $450 fee. There was a big fee. And not only that, but initially they sort of said, oh, we'll just, the airline has said that you can just defer. And I'm like, well, we don't even know where FinCon's going to be next year. We don't even know if we're going to go. We don't even know if they fly there. We don't even know if the airline's going to be solvent. So like, just give us our money back. And that was quite a hassle. Yeah, it was a huge fees for what I think we were, $1,000 tickets each or something, and there's $450 fee that came out. So it's a big percentage. It was crazy. So tip there, book directly with the airline if you can and use your frequent flyer points because it protects you against those sort of things. Yep. No fee if you cancel with, with frequent flyer points. Yeah. So that was a flight. So we flew from Canberra to Sydney, Sydney to LA, LA directly to Orlando. Now those flights changed over time as, <laughs> as Qantas stood back up and got things going. There was flights through Dallas. There was, you know, there was sl- real short connections and things like that to make us nervous and things like that. But over the year that the, that the flights were booked, they changed to the flights we actually wanted, which were direct flights from LA to Orlando. And 
In fact, on the way back, one of the flights was really quite close because there was a delay coming over Orlando because of a thunderstorm and people weren't allowed on the tarmac. So we were actually landing as we went to board the flight home to, to Australia, but we managed to navigate that one. <laughs> Our luggage didn't make it, but we were just glad to be on the plane. And we weren't the only Aussies who had that same thing, actually. There was about five of us. We found the link between the terminals, which meant we didn't have to leave security and come back into security because when we walked the level above and looked down into security into Tom Bradley, it was chockers. We would never have made the flight, but we made the flight, so it was good. And even though that was a domestic flight, what airline was it? Was it American Airlines? American Airlines, so It was yeah. American Airlines into LA and then to Qantas, but because it was all booked through Qantas, you sort of knew that you're in their system somehow. Yeah. So not ideal, but we met some other Australian travellers who said that initially they'd been told by Qantas that their flight from Orlando would land in LA with half an hour to board. And they'd been actually told by the Qantas people, oh, can you try and see if you can make it? It's crazy. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, thunderstorms can just delay plans. Yeah, we were meant to have two hours, which was, was plenty, but yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't because of the thunderstorm, yeah. And on the way in, we, we sort of went through LA customs there, and that, that was a huge queue. I think next time I go to the States, I'll go via Hawaii or San Francisco or Dallas or something like that and avoid LA because almost two hours almost set, two hours to get through customs there. Which is stressful when there's a connection too and technically you should be able to go through international to domestic but they wouldn't let us so we had to go out on the street and round and enter security again and yeah. And then what that meant though, we still had enough time to get the plane, had plenty of time, just enough time. Yeah. <laughs> but what that meant though, it was a full flight from LA to Orlando, so they couldn't seat us together. Now, this is an issue because I just said to us, oh, can you swap with someone on the plane? But there's been a lot of media recently about travellers feeling very upset about people asking them to swap because apparently, you know, different seats cost different money and some people pay extra just so they can be seated together. But we were really lucky because I asked this this lady if she didn't mind and actually you had a better seat anyway. Yeah, I was forward one row and it was still an aisle seat. All she wanted was an aisle seat. Oh, she was happy with that. She thought it was back in the plane somewhere. <laughs> no, that, no, no. You had it better. Yeah. <laughs> you had more leg room. So she was happy and she was really lovely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd just be, I guess, caution not to put pressure on anyone to change seats with you if they don't want to. But for a five-hour flight when we were tired from the other connecting flights and an overnight flight, it was really lovely to sit together. And, and the other thing that we didn't realise was the five-hour flight didn't include food. I think we got some pretzels and a, and a drink. <laughs> It's not like flying with Qantas here where you've got a, a full-service meal. and yeah. yeah. We were caught out by that because I remember we were sitting in the lounge and I thought, look, I won't be greedy. I won't fill up because there'll be more food on the plane. And it was like a can of ginger ale and some pretzels. You yeah. could buy things, but there wasn't really anything that was healthy or nice. Yeah. So most people on the way back, we noticed, brought their own food with them, which is kind of a bit weird when you're sitting next to someone who's got like hot chips and hamburgers. But Yeah, they bring them Maccas or whatever on board. And yeah. It's a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, the next part was the uh, the accommodation. Once again, I used Qantas frequent fly points because we still had enough left over. And we got eight days accommodation at a resort, which was called Grand Beach by Diamond Resorts, which has just been bought up by Hilton. I've done a blog post and hopefully we'll do another podcast about our whole timeshare experience that went with that. But um, the conference itself wasn't at the resort we were staying at. We're only about a kilometre away. Yeah. yeah. And we thought we could walk and, and not have to park the car there and we ended up paying 
close to $40 Australian a day to park the car there because we couldn't walk. Yeah, it was the craziest thing. So the conference was at the Orlando World Centre Marriott, which was, oh my God, it was a beautiful hotel, wasn't it? It was a resort in itself. It, it had um, theme park out the back, swimming pools and slides and... Big waterfall big, thing around the pool. Uh, and golf courses and yeah, it was very, uh, what's the word, ostentatious or something? Or yeah, yeah, and it was lovely. And they did have reduced rates for conference participants, but still very expensive. You said it was like 450 a day or something? Something like that, yeah. And I'd had that experience too many years ago of going to ProBlogger and staying at the hotel, and that was fabulous. But you sort of, sometimes it's very intense and you can't get away from it. Yeah. And plus the one we got actually came with a full kitchen. It was double bedroom, had a laundry, had a spa bath. It was it was brilliant accommodation. The only drawback is we got hassled to go to a timeshare. Yeah, which we'll, we'll talk about. And then the other drawback was, as Neil said, the parking. So Neil had been looking at Google Maps and he could see it seemed to be walking distance. Oh, straight across the highway and then through the golf course you were there. So Yeah, because the Marriott Hotel had a big golf course around it. So it looked like you could just walk across the road and walk through the roads around the golf course. And but everything in. was fenced and gated and, yeah. And then when we tried to walk it, we walked up one direction and there was no crossing to the side of the road. We wanted to go, you had to go three three crossings to get to the side of the road we wanted, but there was no footpath and we we're walking up there. We tried it late uh, one evening and along the highway there and people were freaking out because we we're walking along the side of the highway. Yeah, the cars kept flashing us and there was like quite a lot of cars that were getting quite aggressive towards us. And, yeah, um, just silly stuff. And there'd been a big thunderstorm like there was nearly every day. There was like usually more than one thunderstorm and like all the grass was wet. So we're walking in the, the wet, soggy grass and there have been all these signs at our resorts about being aware of snakes and alligators. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't so, see any. Didn't see any, but I was sort of thinking, oh, for nearly 40 bucks a day, I think my, my life is worth it. But yeah. I was trying to do September and we really wanted to be healthy, so it was just really disappointing we couldn't walk. Yeah, but the resort we, we stayed at was nice. It had pools. It had its own stuff. Once again, we used a frequent fly points. I think it was uh, in the order of 80000 or, or something. There was a resort fee when we landed. Oh, yeah, the resort fee. This is something you don't see in Australia. So when you go to the US and you stay in these places, they add another, uh, I think, a stamp duty, local stamp duty for the government and a resort fee. There's all these extra additional charges in the US that we don't get here. So it was about 150 US, which is like quite a lot. I forget how much it was in Australian dollars. Considering we didn't actually use any of the resort. Yeah, because we went there for a family trip. It was really weird. I was speaking to someone at the conference and they said what it is is that because the big chains, their headquarters will get the the booking that comes through when you make it online or wherever, but that particular resort or hotel will get that resort fee. Yeah. So that's why they charge it. But, you know, they don't really disclose it until you're there. So it's a bit bit sneaky. Yeah. One thing was... To get to the resort, we ended up getting an Uber, because, which was great because we're tired and we got this guy from Honduras, couldn't speak a word of English. I know, <laughs> and we didn't learn Spanish before we went. We didn't even think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I spent three months in Spain. I had some words, but yeah. <laughs> Having the Uber app was good because you could just put your address in, the car would come, pick you up. It was strange stuff over there, like they didn't have front number plates on the car. So, you know, you're looking for this number plate, this Toyota Corolla pulling up and you you had to run around the back to see whether it was the right car or not. It was it was just different. There's no front number plates. It's something I've never experienced, yeah. And our big regret too that night as we grabbed our luggage, noting we'd only had like some pretzels and ginger ale on the plane, 
was we walked through the food court and we went, should we get some food? And we thought, oh, no, it'll be fine. There'll be something at the resort. And so then we had this long Uber ride to the resort and we're like, where can we have dinner? And they're like, oh, there's nothing nearby. (laughs) It's like nothing in walking distance. Well, there was, Was, it's just no one walks. Yeah, so probably 500 metres in one direction, there was a a 7-Eleven type thing with a couple of shops in there and the other direction probably... Six seven hundred meters. There was a subway and uh, Mexican. Oh, what was it? A there was a Mexican cantina type. Yeah, thing. something. Yeah, it smelled awesome. I know. I wish we had eaten there, but anyway, another time. Yeah, it was kind of like strange. Like you're eight thirty at night. You're jet lagged. It's dark. You're not really hungry per se, but just sort of a little bit. Bit of something. Bit so of something. You end up buying pot noodles, as they call it. You know, timid noodles from the. Uh, from the front desk. Most expensive instant noodles. Oh, they weren't too bad. They were like $3 a packet or something. So US. US. <laughs> they weren't too bad. Yeah. But it got us through to the next morning. Then we went another Uber ride and picked up our car. Yeah, so this was a big saving that Neil did some really good research. Yeah, I was searching everywhere, all the hire car companies. I'm a Hertz Gold member, you know, and things like that. But it was it was all up near 1800 Two two and a half grand for the twelve days that we were there. US US. Oh no, that was Australian. Sorry, but yeah, still a lot. Still a lot. And I um, stumbled across this. Well, it was an app. App actually. Turn it. It was a website, but it leads forces you to download an app and use it called Churo. So it's like the car next door type thing where you can rent someone's private car. You just got to send a picture of your license through and. It had insurance included and everything, and it worked out at about $450 Australian for the whole period. It wasn't the most luxurious car. Oh, it was a 2007 mm. Nissan Versa, which is a Nissan t- tilde here, which it was automatic, had good air conditioning, which you needed, and it, and it was reasonably good on uh, fuel. I didn't want to take it too much over the 70 mile an hour of the speed <laughs> limits. It felt like it was going to struggle, with it, you know, but... It was it was decent enough. Got us from A to B. We did some good travelling with it, and for that money, you can't go wrong. And yeah. it had had full insurance as well. So and the tolls were in. The there tolls, were quite a lot of tolls. Yeah, and they were included. So we got confused because there were all these signs to the turnpike. We didn't know what a turnpike is, but it's the toll road, basically the main. Yeah, it's the like Florida a, a, Turnpike was like the main toll road. That so went it's a down freeway without crossing roads that cross it and stuff. Not a highway. Yeah, but turnpike is what they call. It. It's just different terminology. <laughs> What's a turnpike? Is there a turn coming up? Yeah. But that worked quite well. Yeah. And so we that worked really well. Oh, the other accommodation thing we did, we had four days at the end where I, I had accrued some uh, IHG points staying at Holiday Inn when I was up in Cairns for three weeks. We stayed at... Holiday Inn Express. Express, which were, I don't know, two, three-star hotels, but they were they were actually really good. Well, actually, the people were really nice, especially the one at Juno Beach. Juno Beach was a standout, actually. They were renovating their sort of breakfast food area. Oh, and breakfast is is included with Holiday Inn Express as well. Yeah, and they had their scrambled eggs and their funny flipped omelettes and their biscuits and gravy and their little sausages and, yeah, just... I was very excited the first morning and you said, I oh, don't get too excited in here by the end of the fourth because even though two were at one and two were at the other. It was the same stuff. But it was all the same. And, uh, you know, they were just so similar. I think a lot of things were just frozen and defrosted. So after, you know, the first couple of days, we wasn't excited. But it was included in the in the, in the the room, right? And there was no additional charges with that one either. It was good. 
Yeah, and it was just really lovely. It had actually. a lovely pool, and Juno Beach was just a, a stroll down to the the beach there from the hotel. It was actually a good location. Yeah, we got up and went and watched the sunrise, and it was just really lovely, actually. And the other one was at Claremont, so which was close to. I had to keep the prices or points that I used down because I didn't want to spend any cash. I was just trying to keep it down. And um, yeah, but these were sort of not in the middle of touristy locations, but yeah. And so Claremont is, uh, they consider it small country town, but it's not really. It's kind of on the outskirts of Orlando. So it's about 40 minutes, 45 minutes or so from there to sort of into where Disney World was, I think. Yeah. To say it's rural, yet it's got a massive Walmart and... Yeah, it wasn't really Giant what thrift stores real. and, yeah. Oh, my God, the thrift store. We were like 300 metres up the road from this Goodwill thrift store. And to me, that actually made the vacation. You were being very... Um, now, once you'd had 12 dresses or whatever it was in your arms and tried them all on and I'd had enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You did buy some, but, you know. <laughs> we did buy some. We did buy some good stuff. Well, I bought some good stuff. So I had lots of fun there at that that uh, thrift store and there weren't as many people who were really buying it like we do out of fun like that's not the sort of culture so yeah yeah it was just interesting to see what they had they just had different brands than you'd have in Australia so it's just a bit more diversity with that yeah and the, the biggest challenge we had was just the food I think oh yeah <laughs> it's just different it's not bad it's not good it's just different oh you're being generous <laughs> you've got to be generous it was it was a real struggle, like even just finding bread. And you know, Neil had told me this before, and I, actually, I, I remembered from when I was in the US last in two thousand. But like everything, like the bread's soft and really sweet. It's got like three times the sugar our bread's got in it, and yeah. So it's just really hard to find good crusty bread. Yeah, everything's sort of spongy, which is it, it's just unusual for us. But we did end up finding an Aldi that it had imported Italian bread there that was. Like our bread, so so one of my guests asked recently on the podcast whether they actually had Aldi. Yeah, they do, and the Aldi itself was really interesting because it was really big, but it was mainly big because the trolleys were big and the aisles were big. They actually didn't have so man- much selection. Yeah, their aisles were less in numbers. They had a lot of fridges and freezers, but they didn't have a massive center aisle like we had. That no a- middle aisles. They had like t- two sh- half. Shells just facing each other with stuff on it, yeah. So, but not as many specials. They didn't have the big glossy brochures. Yeah. They did have brochures, but brochures were sort of a, like a single paper. print paper thing, with a bit of color on them, and you just unfolded and looked at it either side. And it didn't really have the range either. Very limited. Pasta sauces. There was one. Pastas. There was six different types of pasta. It had some good salads and good meat, and we found some Irish cheese, which was like our cheese. Had alcohol, so we got, you know, you get beers and wines and things like that. But it wasn't a huge lot. I think they had more Hispanic style foods in there, probably because of the region. But it was it was still good for us yeah. to find stuff that you couldn't get Asian things. No, you couldn't get Asian things whatsoever. Yeah. So it's just or Indian curries or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a challenge for us. Yeah. But we worked it out, and once we worked it out, actually, then we started um, packing lunch boxes to take to the conference because during the conference they had a Starbucks you could buy things from and then for three of the four days because there was another conference at the same time they had a number of food trucks so you could line up and you'd get food trucks but you know it was all sort of fried stuff and the queues were really long I don't know what the prices were like but the queues were really long 
So we bought this snack pack at Aldi and so we just kept the plastic container and every day we sort of chopped up some cheese and some dips and some bits of flat tortilla and stuff. Yeah, it was nice. It was a, a good option. So having that kitchen really helped us because we had salads, we had a roast chook, we had food in there, had some beers, <laughs> had some ice cream. Their ice cream was nice. Yeah, their ice cream was nice. So food and then we, we ate out a few times. We did. Few times it was nice. A lot of the time it was a bit disappointing. We went out one night to a meet up with some other podcasters, which was really great. There was there were really some really lovely people, and we went to this place called Ford Garage. When they sort of the wait staff are all dressed in mechanic skis with um... sort of historical mechanic costumes, and they had some old Fords out the front, and it was kind yeah, of some cool. Model Ts out the front, and they had. Screwdrivers and spanners in their pockets and, yeah. So it looked really nice and we were excited because it was like, oh, it's a burger. So, like, you know, it'll be it'll be decent food. But Neil got his first and he leaned over to me and said, oh, the chips are cold and awful. <laughs> and yeah. I went, they look good. I was like. They're rustic chips with the skin still on them, but they were, yeah, they were actually lukewarm. They weren't even, yeah. Yeah. The burger wasn't much, but. Yeah. He was a bit... Ordinary. He was a bit ordinary. I think that worked out in Australia. I think it was more... like $60. And you don't mind if it's nice, but it was ordinary. Yeah, and they had their beers in sort of fuel pumps, effectively. So it looked all... It looked like a big mechanics workshop inside. It was quite nice, the atmosphere and whatever, but yeah, it was just... They were overrun with a lot of people, I think. That was half the issue. Yeah, yeah. But even so... We did like the Texas Roadhouse. Like when we're in Claremont, they said, I'll go to the, the people who ran uh, the Holiday Inn Express said, I'll go to the Holiday, the, the Texas Roadhouse. And yeah, it was good. You got a bit drunk on margaritas, which was easy enough to do. <laughs> well, you had a reaction from it too much alcohol in the one drink, I think. Yeah, so he had to finish that off. Yeah, it was, it wasn't cheap, but it was nice. It was sort of, I guess, the closest kind of thing to pub food that we would sort of related. Yeah, I had a steak and you had some chicken thing and yeah, it came with this bread with the, what was it, cinnamon butter or yeah, something? Yeah, this whipped butter with cinnamon as like an... Um, it was tasty, but yeah. An entree, it was very strange. Anyway, um, apparently that's salad that's the came out thing. and yeah, like normal salad comes before the main and, well, they don't call it main, do they? They call it entree. They call it an entree. <laughs> yeah, but starters it actually entree. had greens, actually had vegetables. That was one of the things we missed. It was really hard to get... Vegetables. Oh, we bought our own. What else did we eat? We had a Mexican place that the food was great. You had a, a lovely big nachos and I had a burrito or something. And I was yeah. so excited to have this wonderful food, wonderful Hispanic food, and, you know, they were just lovely there. And then we went back to our where we were staying and that night I was violently ill. <laughs> I think it was the uh, brewed tea. I have no idea what it was, but I'm, I'm really glad it wasn't because I was concerned because one of the ladies – in my mastermind group at FinCon had contacted us to say that she'd come down with COVID. And I was pretty sure because we're fully vaxxed and we'd had COVID before we would be okay. But, you know, um, sometimes people get asymptomatic um, reactions to COVID. So I was worried about having COVID and, and heading back. But I think it was just a reaction to the food because I was fine by the next morning. Yeah. And you didn't get anything. No, I think it was the, the, the cold tea that you had because it came out of some big plastic urn out the back with a tap on the front that probably been sitting there forever. Which I didn't see, you saw, but there you go. <laughs> Whereas I got a, a Mexican Coke out of the bottle. 
things I would never have thought to be aware of that in the US of A. But there you go. And what else did we have? We had biscuits and gravy at that place. What was it oh, called? Yeah, uh, Maple Street Biscuit Company. Company, yeah. It was kind of okay, but it was kind of weird. So um, biscuits are kind of like a scone, but they're a savoury scone and they're denser, sort of. And yeah. in the south, they kind of bake these about once a week, apparently. And then gravy is not like a dark thing like our gravy. It's kind of like uh, crumbed sausages with white sauce. sauce. So it's yeah. all sort of gloopy. Yeah. Yeah. It tasted all right, but yeah. I think the best breakfast we had was at the Cracker Barrel. Oh, yeah. The first morning because we were starving. We were starving, that's right, after eating pretzels and ginger ale on the plane. Going to the resort and having nothing to. Oh, actually, we didn't. We did have some things to eat. They took us to their VIP area or something, and they had these chips and pretzels and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like processed bags of stuff. They felt sorry for us, <laughs> and they gave us some of that. So I had some of that, and the next morning, but we really were we're hunkering for something decent. So our Uber driver said, "Oh, Cracker Barrel is amazing because of the loaded hash browns." Which we didn't really like the loaded hash browns. <laughs> But it was actually, I think we were just hungry and we just wanted a decent cup of tea and they served us a decent cup of tea. With they even gave milk. us milk because we asked for milk. Asked for real milk, which is a big deal because they all have creamer. And they gave us some bagnets to try, which I'd never had before, these um, New Orleans thing. That like triangle of, donuts, yeah. Yeah, with icing sugar. They were really yummy. And maple syrupy stuff, was it? No. It was like a butterscotch sauce, which apparently is not like a traditional thing with bagnets, but they were very nice. And they had theirs with um, some cinnamon in with the icing sugar, which was very nice. I'm not necessarily suggesting so much sugar first thing in the morning, but uh, with a cup of tea and when you're really hungry, it was really, really nice. And then, yeah, I got sourdough with some butter and some eggs and sausages, like three types of meat, was it? Sausage, bacon and... Yeah. Something else, bit of ham, I think there was. I mean, yeah. in retrospect, it was probably a bit ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> but they were really lovely. I recommend it, actually. You know, it's just kind of a, a fun place to be. It's kind of got this old southern vibe, but homestead kind of vibe. It had a big shop out the front with all this old retro stuff you can buy and teacups and coffee cups. and Yeah. Well, I won't say teacups, coffee cups because I don't really drink tea that Yeah, well. but all set up for Halloween and Christmas. So I had lots lots of knick-knacky things that not necessarily frugal, but that was nice. Yeah, so we, we had the FinCon three days, wasn't it? Four, four days. Four days. Yeah, we, we volunteered the first day and helped sort cards and things for people's uh, passes. And that was good to meet some people and get It was, actually. yeah. And um, we didn't once go to a single theme park. Well, sort of. We, we went to the Kennedy Space Centre and everyone was like, oh, you're going to Disney World, you should go to Disney World or you should do this or you should do that. But I looked into it and it was a minimum of two days you had to buy a pass for and that was $450 US each for two days. So it was going to cost us $900 US to go to Disney World. It was like that's a lot of money for standing around in 33 degrees heat with Hundred percent or ninety nine percent humidity, and and it was you know thunderstorming all afternoon. Um, you know yeah. there was one night where a lot of there was one day where a lot of FinCon people were there, so they had a special thing you could go there that day, and you could have meetups with people at key parts. But like you couldn't have even seen the parade at the end of the day because it was in the middle of a, a massive thunderstorm. And I posted about this actually on in the Joyful Frugalista Facebook group because. It turns out that this is the 50th year of that particular Disney World resort, and it's 100 years of Walt Disney. 
So there's a lot of people who are going specifically for this 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 experience, but there's also been a lot of criticism because they've put up the prices quite a lot. So a lot of people are feeling that it's no longer good value for families. And I, I would have to have I'd have to agree. And some people in my when they saw that article, they said, yeah, but you know, you can be too frugal. It's all about families. It's all about happiness. You only live once. To that, I'd say it's really a matter of your personal values. Like, because we talked about this, because I was, I kept saying, oh, should we go? And you said, nah. And I said, oh, maybe we should go because we're here. Like, it's only two kilometers up the road. And you said, no. Nah. <laughs> and we talked about it and we went, well, to both of us, like, Disney isn't such a big thing. Like it's not something that we really grew up with. I don't, Disney, I don't really Disneyland relate to Disney TV. movies. There was Disneyland on TV, movie once a week. Remember when we were younger, and but that was it. That yeah. was about it. I never really got into Mickey Mouse or any of the characters, or and you know, with that weather being so so awful and us just coming out of a camper winter, like it just didn't seem that it would actually be fun for us. But, you know, it is it is about values and if it's something you really, really want to do, like do it. Like it's, it is safe for it, budget for it, you know, make it happen. We did go to Disney Springs though, which was a free part of it. Yeah, yeah I wasn't that impressed. I that, know a lot of people like it, but I wasn't that impressed. It was just sort of a place to go eating and shopping and they have, in the evenings they have shows and stuff on. But Yeah, I know. But, you know, I mean, like I said, it depends what your values are. So the other thing too is about changing money. So that's also we did a fair bit of research before we left. And so we had a, a not our normal credit card we use in Australia, but we have another credit card we just use for travel overseas. And that's because like the fees can be quite high. Yeah, so we've got a credit card that does, it's zero fees to have, but it has zero transaction fees for international transactions. So whenever we buy anything online that's in US dollars or or now we travel, we use that. So we actually never got any cash out. We just used our credit card everywhere. No, I was really surprised because we did have, I think we had like about 40 or 60 US dollars in cash plus a series of like $1 notes and $5 notes. And we use the $5 notes a lot too because you've got a tip when you leave a hotel or wherever, you've always got to leave money for the, the cleaning staff. And you really do need small notes to do that. Although I was really surprised by how much has now gone cashless. I guess it's a COVID thing, but, you know, in the US that still used to be fairly cash-based, but it's really gone quite digital. And the whole tipping thing, like I always thought it was like about 10 to 15%, but it seems now it's more like 15 to 20%. Well, the, the credit cards, the options on the on the FPOS machine were 18, 20 or 22%. Yeah, so it's quite steep. Like you look at a price of things and you think it's quite good, but then there's their, their sales tax on top of that plus that tip as well. So it's it's really hard actually to mentally think about how much it's all going to be and then compute it back to Australian dollars. It really does. Well, we had that ice cream on Miami Beach, $8 each. So $16 US, that equated to over $25 Australia for two <laughs> single, nice? single cone ice creams. You it know? was a very hot day. We really wanted an ice cream. It was crazy hot. And I'm not surprised really that they had a hurricane not long afterwards because it was building. It was really, really hot. But yeah, it was just all of those little things. And it's too, it's not just the transaction charges as well. It's also the exchange rate. So with these cards, you've got to look quite carefully and think because we have another uh, traveling card. So we have uh, both each have a Qantas card, which we use for our own personal sanity money. Yeah. And I did a check on that. It was like 64 
cents that we could buy with an Australian dollar with Qantas when we preload the travel card. Yeah. But we were using the other card and getting it. The exchange rate officially was around 69 cents. We were getting like 67 to 68, which was really good. So it actually wasn't cost effective to preload our travel card. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they suggest using those for the security and peace of mind because if it's no one can scam it in a sense because you preload it and they can't get any more than what's already on there, you can't get majorly in debt. It was a lot more expensive to do. So it's you've got to look at both the fees and charges for, for the withdrawals or any transaction and then plus also the, ex- the exchange rate fee. Yeah, I think if you had cash withdrawal, there might have been some fees on the Qantas ones and I'm not sure about the, the card we had. We didn't do it. So. Well, we didn't do it. So we didn't need to. We kept thinking we should. We're at Walmart and I was nearly going to and I went through the process and there was going to be an additional fee of a couple of US dollars on top of it and in the end, it just didn't actually recognise our card, so I went, well... It just spat it out, Just spat it? it out, so I went, oh, fair enough, we'll wait and we'll do it somewhere else, but we didn't need it, so that was pretty good, so... Yeah. So all up, you know, we were quite frugal, like it still wasn't cheap, and we were a bit sort of shocked when we looked at the credit card when we came back, because, I mean, we were away for 12 days. Everything adds up. Everything's adds up. All the little things adds up, and this is us not going to Disney World, and we weren't buying masses of souvenirs to take back. We did go to the Kennedy Space Center, which was awesome, and we did go to a Titanic thing, and we drove down to Key Largo, Largo which was... Um, Stopped at Miami Beach and had a look. Yeah, so we did a few things, and we enjoyed what we did do. We explored. The traffic was horrendous at certain times, and the downpour, remember that near um, Miami driving through that rain? Yeah, oh. that was hard on you, so it was really difficult. But, you know, we, we weren't sort of like... We were being very careful with our money because you know i'm frugal but and we do that and we had budgeted for this and a lot of things we'd pre-purchased like about a year out but even so like do things do definitely add up we did buy some things at uh, at ross's place so you got some beautiful dresses yeah i did they're like a seconds store mind you i did like the thrifting i did i I don't know if they were seconds i think they were just end of end of season. season stuff which is kind of handy when we're at an opposite season. I've got so. a pair of nice Levi jeans for, I think they were 26 or 27 US dollars, but then the tax and stuff like that. So we probably ended up about $45 or something, but they were really nice. Yeah, so there's some tips and, and tricks from us in terms of navigating your overseas trip. So I'd love to hear from you in the Facebook group about what you do in terms of Travelling overseas, especially to the US, how you save money, how you manage to navigate it, what real bargains you find and so forth. My tip is to go to Hawaii first and get a taste of America without going to the mainland. (laughs) You get enough there, that's good enough. I have to make sure that they put FinCon on Hawaii, suggest it to them, it'll be closer for us as well. Halfway. (laughs) Halfway. You've been listening to The Joyful Frugalista with Serena Bird. And of course, sound has been by Neil Hadley.
I'm not proud.